Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre. I'm... Ooh, <laughs> that is going to be horrendous. Coming in hot. <laughs> I'm going to edit that so quick. This is uh, Dars with Scones. We're here for another edition of Spooky Uki Boys Hour. We sure are. Hour, whatever it is. Scones, do you want to like talk about our own personal lives for two hours before getting to any content? Like That's all they want. <laughs> isn't that what people love? Yeah. I hate when people always complain about how uh, it's just filler of content and they just want to be learning more about me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to know top five Scones facts. Number one, you're in a green sweater. Number two. Keep going. <laughs> It was a buy one, get one half off. I got another sweater. Okay. Number three. That sweater's gray. Two more. This one's a pullover. That one is button-up. Ooh. Is that a cardigan? Is a cardigan just a sweater with buttons? No, because a cardigan has to be like that deep V down to the true, buttons. True, true, on, true, like, true. Your little tummy ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like tummy. a suit jacket. Is a suit jacket a cardigan? You know, everyone write in. Tell us if a suit jacket is a cardigan. It's like a, it's a hot dog a sandwich. Is a suit jacket a cardigan and vice versa? Yeah. I think a suit jacket is worn... In more of a cardigan-like fashion than a cardigan is worn in a suit-like fashion? So is a cardigan a suit jacket? I'm probably going to edit everything here. (laughs) No, no, no. Keep it all in. Okay. So today, Scones is going to be bringing us some spooky business. Yeah, we haven't recorded in a while. It's been a while. I guess, actually, for a semi-reel update. Hit him with the semi-reels. Guess the last time we recorded. Give him the semi-feels. Yeah, I got my my wife is pregnant. I got little little baby girl on the way. She's going to be... So dope. <laughs> Is that mean I'm gonna be a good father if I say that? Yeah. I'm super excited. My wife's super excited. And she's never gonna hear this until she's at least six months old. Yeah. And then I'm only gonna play it for her all the Dude, time. Dude, I learned the other day, you know babies can only see in black and white for like the first couple months. What? Yeah. Wait, that's real? No, yeah. Like you come out of the womb and you're like, this is a noir film. And then it just changes. And it's like, like Pleasantville and then slowly it just becomes color. Yeah. Whoa. Now that I have these recordings of my own voice, I'm going to only play them to her like everywhere we go. So yeah. she thinks I'm just like a constant godlike presence in her life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know what you did um, in my life. Yeah. Go ahead. I made pretty good mashed potatoes this week. What kind of taters are we talking? Let's talk taters. They Tater talk. Good. They're, they were instant potatoes. Ooh. You got me. <laughs> got a little, little milk in my there? My thick charade. <laughs> you, you saw right through it, guys. Oh. So, today you're going to be... I'm going to be telling you... The theme of today, the episode should be called The Lost Boys. Ooh, I like that. The Lost so, Boys. I'm talking about it's a lot of early 20th century occurrences. It's, it's surprising how easily it was to not have identities, even just from the mid to the early 20th century, especially if you were a kid. Right. You had no proof of identity. Cool. And unfortunately, a lot of this is pretty dark and ends up with those kids. It, it doesn't end up well for It doesn't end kids. well for children. So if you are having a child soon, That's the theme don't today. tell kids. someone. <laughs> yeah, great. Wonderful. You're having one. I'm talking about ones that didn't quite make it. Yikes. Great. Tonight, I'm Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> you mean this morning, I'm Monday morning with Cub. <clears throat> you didn't hear? Yep. Play the music. <laughs> so our first story is of Arthur Buddy Schumacher. Okay. Arthur Buddy Schumacher. He was an eight-year-old from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Okay. What year is this? This is in the year 1925. But let's go back before that. Buddy was born in September of 1916. He attended Lincoln Elementary School in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Unfortunately, on the eighth year of his life. Oh, God. He went missing. I think the way you're presenting this is also making it way worse. (laughs) Why? I had just the eighth year of his life as opposed to saying eight years old. 
Well, it, it's macabre. <laughs> You're right. He went missing July 24th, 1925, when he left his house with some neighborhood boys, and he never came back. His name was what again? Bo- Bobby? Arthur Buddy Schumacher. Oh, Arthur. So Art and the boys, are, the gang's all there. They're out. Mm-hmm. They were last seen doing the most 1920s thing I've ever heard of. They were hopping <laughs> off a freight train they jumped to to get a ride to a swimming hole. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's uh, I think that's all you did. Yeah, no, I've seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, the boys searched seven weeks. Well, them, the police, and then the community searched seven weeks until his body was finally found. He was found murdered. It was only him. He was the only one who went missing. What? So the other? What happened to the other boys? They went home to their families. And no, okay. I'm just give that much do detail. We, do we get to this at all, or no? It's just like unknown. Nope, why I was just talking they about how. Body was found a mile from his house with a handkerchief shoved down his throat. Jesus. The police pursued several leads, but to no avail. Yikes. So this, this is just a story of how like a kid went missing and it was just like unsolved. Never heard from Arthur again. Wow. Okay. Is there some kind of tie? Nope. <laughs> that's the just whole a- mystery. But that's only one of what we're talking about today. Jesus that's a little Christ. appetizer. That's a, that's a strong start. The next one is The Boy in the Box. Have you heard of The Boy in the I Box? I do know The Boy in the Box. I have heard of this. In February of 1957, a young man was checking his muskrat traps. <laughs> you okay. know when you're you're checking your muskrat? I actually got to do that after this. Yeah, we got to go check, check those muskrat, muskrat traps. traps. How else are you going to get those sick hats? But basically, he found a body. Fearing that the police would take his traps, he did not report it. So a few days later, a college student saw a rabbit like running into the bushes and the college student was like, oh, I know there's a bunch of traps around here. I want to go help that rabbit because it probably just hit a trap. That's a nice guy. Yeah. He strolled in to free the little rabbit, and then he saw the body. So, one, the guy checking his traps did not report it. This college student who finds the body, okay, he does not report it till the next day. Oh, oh, okay. So, two people have found... Wait, you're saying two people have found this body? Yep, and only one of them reported it, but he reported it daily. I'm not like... It's not like red flags, but I'm very confused as to... Mystery. That's mysterious. Yeah, that's weird. So they found the boy's body. He was about five years of age and he was wrapped in a plaid blanket. Okay. Found in the woods off of Susquehanna Road in Fox Chase, Philadelphia, the body was inside a cardboard box that had once contained a bassinet. Yikes. That's, uh, I hate that. Big yikes. Big yikes. The boy's hair had been recently cropped, possibly after death, as clumps of hair clung to the body. Ugh. Is this the one where they put it on, like, the newspaper, a picture of this kid trying to figure out? Okay. Go ahead. They sure do. You see that nod? That's great for uh, yeah, yeah, the <laughs> listeners will totally get that, like, acknowledging nod that you just gave me. The body had signs of malnourishment and surgical scars. I didn't know that. So someone was, like, someone's operating one or experimenting? Ugh. The police hopped to it and it opened. Why did I write it like that? The police hopped to it and opened an investigation. They took fingerprints from the boy, but nothing came up in there. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, however you did that search in 1950. I was going to say, I don't know how so great the, the, the... Yeah, there's no like, Yeah, no, that doesn't look like any of our <laughs> other ones. <laughs> yeah, that picture, that doesn't ma- match this puzzle we got. So we had this mystery of this body in a box. Right. Of a young boy, and there was no, no one knew who he was. Right. Eventually, it attracted tons of media attention in the Philadelphia and Delaware area. Eventually, that newspaper that you were hinting at earlier, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Inquirer, printed 400,000 flyers depicting wow. the boy's likeness. Good for them. See, that's where I've seen the picture before is just that a picture of that newspaper. Yeah. That's my that's about as much knowledge as I have on the subject, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that they did that. That's cool of them. Over the years, 
over 270 different police academy recruits have taken on the case. Now, they all tried super hard because obviously if you're just new to being a police, if you solve this, you're like the shit. Right. All that was discovered from 270 different investigations of the same case was a corduroy cap, a child's scarf, and a handkerchief with the letter G. Three pieces of evidence that were connected to the event. Now, this these 270 people, was this over the course of a certain amount of time, or was it just like... It doesn't say the time, okay. but 270 different places. Yeah, you'd have to think that's over a number of years. To this day, the case is still officially unsolved. A couple of theories in this one. I'm not going to leave you hanging like for <laughs> Arthur <laughs> that, Schumacher. I mean, you really came in hot that with was the first hot. One. <laughs> It's going to get dork. So, the theories. Yeah. One, is that the foster home did it. Located 1.5 miles from the body was a foster home for young boys. Okay. A lot of people said, hey, that's kind of suspicious. One gentleman named Remington Bristow, a strong name. He was an employee at the medical examiner's office, and he tried to track the case and contacted a New Jersey psychic. Interesting choice. Yep. I mean, I guess at that, yeah, when you're when 270 people are looking at it or whatever and nobody can figure it out. Especially when you're at a medical examiner and you're like, the like, science yeah, shit ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> So we went to a New Jersey psychic and asked him about the boy. The psychic went to the body, and then it was like, I'm guessing like in a trance, and just started walking okay. like from okay. the body. And the psychic led them directly to the foster home. Hmm. Now, I feel like with the knowledge I have of events like this, a lot of the times it's like an employee of the hospital took the patient and like did experiments or like the hospital was schizophrenic right. and the prime I feel, suspect but police dropped it <laughs> yeah right exactly i feel like there's a very similar vibe to this where this guy at the at the foster home i don't know like the janitor or something could have been up to some no good yeah that gives me that vibe strong the janitor had been convicted of two murders yeah but right they did not investigate him i feel like a lot of these be looking into it's just like the police dropped it and i'm like yeah <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, I Who's feel like greasing every... the police that hard. That like, right? They're... Yeah, they're, they're like, hey, that body that is right next. Yeah, that seems way too convenient. Anyway, upon attending the state sale for the foster home, apparently the foster home wasn't doing that well. Bristow yeah, discovered all the kids are leaving and being found in the woods. Like he discovered at the estate sale mm. the same model of bassinet. So who got arrested? <laughs> We're not there yet. He also discovered at the estate sale similar blankets to the one that the boy was found wrapped in. Now remember, he's in a box for this right. kind of bassinet wrapped in a blanket that was at the estate sale. This is incriminating. Mm-hmm. Bristow believes that the guy who owns the home, so there's the theory. He be- so there's a guy who owns the house. Right. The foster house. Right. He has a stepdaughter. Okay. She gets pregnant. Okay. Out of wedlock. Ooh, by one of the foster kids? Uh, it doesn't say that. Okay, I don't know. I just but the kid gets sick, has surgeries, surgical scars. Oh, okay. Doesn't make it. Apparently, he thinks the guy who owns it, who would have been the the grandfather of the kid. Yeah. Well, step. Oh, so they think this this kid found is the son of the of the girl. Yeah. And so they think that the grandfather tried to hide it because unwed pregnancies aren't cool back then. Even though it's 1957. No, this isn't cool hiding children's like surgery-scarred bodies. That's not cool either. Despite Remington Bristow being like, this is fucking it, nothing came of it. Dude, I, okay. We're, <laughs> this is every single episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that this pattern is so 
prominent throughout every single thing we talk about. Sure is. So you will have to just make peace with that. <laughs> Theory number two. God damn it. The woman known as M. Ooh. Also known as Martha. Oh, okay. And I went from super mysterious. I know. Very... I read the title and I was like, why wouldn't they just leave it at <laughs> yeah, M? Why, yeah, why do you have to add that second part? This theory was brought forward in February of 2002. Whoa. They were still investigating this into 2000s? Nope. It was brought forward by a woman named Martha. Yep. Only oh. known as Martha. Oh. Oh, no last name like Prince? Mm-hmm. Now, Martha had a history of mental illness. Okay. So, I guess, however you feel about that. Strong character take, witness. She claimed, M, claimed that she knew the boy and that her mother had purchased the boy from his birth parents in the summer of 1954. Wow. M claims that her parents were extremely abusive, and one night, the boy had thrown up his baked beans and was beaten so bad that he died, and that the entire disposal of the body was a cover-up by her horrible, horrible parents. However, due to her mental illness mental illness history, the yeah. police disregarded this lead, and also a lack of evidence. That one I kind of no understand. I mean... Well, it's like a chicken and the egg thing. Does yeah. she have mental illness because her parents were oh, that's horrible, a good point. That's a good or... Point. Yeah. Is she making this up because she's it's like a chicken and egg? Why wouldn't she have come to them sooner, I guess, is my question. I don't know, man. Maybe she was in an institution. Maybe she got True. to the point where she's like, no one will believe me. But then she got old enough, like, I don't mm. give a shit if you believe me or not. I just need to get this off my conscience. Yeah, that's true. Because she must have been pretty old. If she was old enough to remember 1954, she's probably in her late 70s, early 80s. So at that point, she might have just been like, and this is in 2002. She might have just been like, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, like this is, it's, we're endgame now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two leading theories of the boy in the box. Boy in the box, being the bee. If anyone else has any leads, hey, write in to yeah, Monday hey, Morning Boys. Yeah, let us know what you think. Was it the crazy Miss M? Was it something also terrible? I believe all of these. The 50s were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> if you're from the 50s, write in because... Literally, they're ho- like the only good thing was milkshakes and <laughs> some cars. Like yeah. Everything cars, else Cars, milkshakes, sucks. leather jackets. I mean, I yeah. If you were a white guy... 50s were probably pretty sick. If yeah. you were anything, else. If <laughs> anything else but those two specific demographics... Your ass is probably grass. Our next story, the main entree, ooh, ooh. if you will... Now we're hitting, we're hitting that main course. I'm feeling great. The disappearance of Bobby Dunbar. Bobby Moynihan. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Bobby what? Dunbar. I think I am aware of this one. I think. This one's wild if I know, if it's the one I'm thinking of. It is wild. Okay. So I think, yeah. So go. you know, but the li- you, the listener no, driving yeah, to work, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't know. I don't know all the specifics. I know the I highlights. don't know if I know all the specifics. So let's get to who the hell was Bobby Dunbar? He was an American boy whose disappearance at the age of four in, ni- in 1812. Wait, no, that's definitely no, 1912. definitely 1912. Sparked a national news story. Bobby was on a fishing trip to Swayze Lake in St. Landry Parish, Louisiana. That's a southern yeah, that, <laughs> type, like, name of that, a place. That, Swayze Lake in St. Landry Parish, Louisiana. Swayze Lake. Go Tigers. <laughs> on August 23rd, while he was on that trip, Bobby Dunbar had disappeared. So he was with his, was he with his family at this point, or did he just go missing? Yeah, it was a fishing trip with his family. And he, how does this always happen? It's always like a group of people, and they're like, oh, he's gone. He's just fucking gone, dude. Yeah. Anyway. So authorities and the family obviously start a search. After an eight months of this search, authorities have located a man by the name of William Cantwell Walters. 
or William Walters, or Walters, pretty much is how he's going to be referred to for the rest of this. Sounds good. He worked as a handyman specializing in the tuning and repairing of pianos and organs. The instrument. <laughs> Thank you for the clip. Not the dark. I Like, my head went straight to <laughs> non-instrumental. Well, isn't a surgeon just a handyman specializing in <laughs> the tuning and repairing of organs? That's true. I so, wanted you to know he didn't fix pianos and was also a surgeon. And was also on the side, a surgeon for <laughs> small children in the woods. Now, Walters was just traveling through. He was traveling through Mississippi with a boy. The boy happened to match the description of Bobby Dunbar. So people are like, holy shit, Walters has Bobby Dunbar, this creep. Walters claimed that this boy was not Bobby Dunbar's. He was Charles Bruce Anderson. Why aren't they more just like, it doesn't matter who the kid is. If if he's not your son, why are you just chilling with this, this kid? Well, get... well. Yeah, that he didn't sound like he had the best defense of being just like, no, nah, he's just Charles Bruce <laughs> nah, Anderson. He's just Chucky. What do you mean, dude? <laughs> and just someone's like, hey, is that kid yours? No, that's Charles Bruce Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he a puppet? No. Okay, we have a lot of questions then. <laughs> Look, he has his card. Yeah. <laughs> he has a little business card. <laughs> so very much I just called him Bruce. And he was the son of a woman. He was the son of a woman who worked for Walter's family. Okay, so that's his explanation. Yes. Still weird. He said that the boy's mother. <laughs> it's Charles Bruce Anderson. You Charles see? Bruce Don't you see? Anderson. Look at him. He's Charles Bruce Anderson. No further explanation <laughs> needed. Get out of my face, cops. <laughs> Me and Charles Bruce Anderson are going to the lake. Oh, man. <laughs> okay so anyway he said that the boy's mother was named julia anderson and that she had willingly granted him custody <laughs> <laughs> it's such a stupid picture in my head <laughs> yeah walters was not ready thinking on his feet Holy shit. okay sorry <laughs> anyway anyway so the boy's mother was julia anderson and she had willingly granted him custody of the boy Nonetheless, Walters was arrested, and authorities sent <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, right. He was okay, arrested, good, and authorities quiet. sent for the Dunbars to come to Mississippi and attempt to identify the boy. So they're like, mm. the cops are like, we think we have your son. Please come. Can you please come and say this is him or not him? This is him or Charles Bruce Anderson. Or, this is Charles, we've got this guy. He's Charles Anderson. I'm sure you've heard of him. <laughs> is he your son? <laughs> so basically... The records we have of what happened next differ. Newspapers apparently all over the region said different stuff. So one new newspaper reports that like Leslie Dunbar, Dunbar, the mom, Bobby's mom, came in and was like, oh, my boy. And the kid was like, mom. And they embraced each other and hugged. Okay. So both parties involved were like, we know each other. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, that's my son. And the son was like, mom. And okay. They gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. Another newspaper said that the boy cried. And that Leslie was not even sure if that was her son. And then another one said that Bobby recognized, like, his... So, the boy in question... Yes. ...recognized their other son, Alonzo, as his younger brother. Okay, so she brought Alonzo with her. She brought her, the whole family with her. And the boy with Walters, Charles Bruce Anderson, yeah. was like, was like that's, that's my, my bro. That's my younger okay. brother, Alonzo. Gotcha. And another newspaper said that that never happened, and that that... Okay, so half of the newspapers are reporting that there's a connection between the family and Charles Bruce Anderson <laughs> or CBA. Yeah. And other half is saying there is no connection between CBA and the family. Correct. Great. So the next day, they bathed the boy. 
Because apparently he was dirty nasty. And Leslie <laughs> Denbar said she positively identified as moles and scars and was certain that this was her son. I don't know why I wrote it like this, but later, Julia fucking Andrews shows up from North Carolina and was like, hey, no, that's my son, Charles Bruce Anderson. <laughs> Wait, so a, a second woman has arrived now claiming that that's her son. Yeah, Julia Anderson. Remember, Walters was like, no, his mom, Julia Anderson, oh, gave right, me right, custody. Oh, right, 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 Yes. So she yes. finally comes a-knocking. Yeah. Now, I think you got to know about Julia Anderson. She was unmarried, and she had worked full-time as a field hand for Walter's family. She believed that Walter was just taking her son on a two-day trip, and that she did not consent for him to take the boy for any longer than that. Gotcha. So field hand's son taken by Walter's. So this random mother is she's, who? So the important thing is to marry she's unmarried. Okay. And she worked for Walter. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, according to the records of the newspapers, Anderson was presented with five different boys. All of the same age, like a test. Yeah, like a lineup. Yep. Inclu- and it included Charles Bruce Anderson. And so she had to point out <laughs> she had to point out which one was her son. Right. When presented, he apparently did not recognize her immediately. And then oh no. And then she asked whether he was the boy recovered, but he would not answer her. And she finally declared that she was not sure if he was her son or not. This is so this is Julia Anderson. Okay. The field hand could not confirm that Charles Bruce Anderson was her son. Yes. Okay, Which that's highly suspicious. Yeah. yeah. So upon seeing the boy again later, she was positive it was him, but people didn't trust her because they were yeah, like, was like, you, you saw yeah. him once and you didn't know that was your own son? Right. That's, yeah. She also had three kids out of wedlock in the South, so she was shit out of luck as far as getting public opinion on her side. Gotcha. I see. Okay. A deeply religious and traditional yep, yep, yep. part of the country at this point. That would be not something that people would, people would frown upon that greatly. So this led the, belie- the police to believe that this is in fact Bobby Dunbar and not Charles Bruce Anderson. Right. As a result, Walters was later tried for kidnapping him mm. because mm-hmm. if he's Bobby's Dunbar, right, the Dunbars the... have no idea who Walters is, so he kidnapped right, the right. kid. Julia Anderson went to the trial and she said. Do not put him in jail. He's innocent. That's my boy. I gave him... Well, I didn't give him permission to take the boy for as long as he did. I Like, he's not a kidnapper. And, like, that's Charles Bruce Anderson, not Bobby Dunbar. Apparently, the court did not give a shit. Okay. And still ruled that it was Bobby Dunbar and that Walter it's was... insane that a court guilty. can just decide, like, nope, that kid is yours. Like... Well, I mean, it's kind of... The kid, like, didn't fucking say anything. True. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> According cool. to the newspapers... <laughs> He was just like, this is fucking nuts. He's like, you, got, you got seen this shit? I'll be whoever you want. <laughs> so they gave him to, who? wait, who received the child? The Dunbars. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so they're like, Bobby, this is Bobby Dunbar. What is, yeah. You're going home. Great, This Case was closed. weird. Sorry this happened to you. Right. He lived out the remainder of his life as With, Bobby Dunbar. Damn. Julia Anderson, she had just lost her kid. She eventually moved to Mississippi, like had got married, had other kids. Didn't seem to really negatively affect her that much. Okay. Walter was the guy who had to serve two years in prison for kidnapping. It's only two years for kidnapping. Yeah, that seems super low. You get that much for like selling pot in some yeah, states. Yeah, Anyway. That's our next episode. He served two years and then his attorney successfully appealed the conviction and Walter was granted the right to a new trial. And then he got released. Okay, so he did two years, but he got an appeal mm-hmm. and then was released. And then he got released. Okay. After his release from custody, Walter resumed in... A regular lifestyle. But anyway, apparently a lot of the Walters family is pretty heated about this and have always maintained that their grandfather was innocent. Bobby Dunbar 
He lived up to have four children of his own and died in 1966. So he lived a full life as Bobby Dunbar. So Bobby Dunbar could have just said, at like, hey, I am now an adult. This is what went down. But he didn't. He could have. Years after Bobby Dunbar's death, one of his granddaughters, Margaret Dunbar Cutright, began her own investigation to the events. Shout out to Margaret. Pouring through newspaper accounts, interviewing children of Julia Anderson, and examining the notes and evidence presented by Walter's defense attorney. She really looked into this and eventually was approached by a reporter from the Associated Press. The Associated Press reporter also went to Bob Dunbar Jr., Bobby Dunbar's son. So, Alonzo, Bobby's brother, remember he was alive? Well, he's alive at this point. He's an old man. Yeah. So they're like, hey, Bobby Dunbar Jr., will you consent to a DNA test? Mm. He's like, yeah. So they take Alonzo and Bobby Dunbar's DNA. So Bobby Dunbar Jr. or Bobby Dunbar? Bobby Dunbar Jr. Okay. So he's like, you should be blood related to your uncle. Yeah, that makes sense. The DNA result is conclusive, and he is not related by blood to Alonzo Dunbar. So this is just a... Meaning that there is no way that Bobby Dunbar was Bobby Dunbar. Does that mean he is, in fact, Charles Bruce Anderson? Yeah. He's Charles Bruce Anderson. So Charles Bruce Anderson just decided to be Bobby Dunbar this whole time. Yes. He pulled a a sneaky on him. I have my own theories about what happened. I think that Charles Bruce Anderson was abused. Yep. I think Walters was a weird dude traveling with a boy, and you can use your imagination on what kind yeah, of fucked yeah, up yeah, shit yeah, can yeah, happen yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I need to get out of here. There's an opening in this family. Makes sense. I think he was like decided as a kid. And surprisingly so that even when his mom came to him, he was like, nope, I'm fully committed to this scheme. True. I am Charles. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if you I just reveal right now that you I am Charles Bruce Anderson. No. That... So I think that's what happened and that the kid was like so fucked up from her, his mom and Walters that he was like, there's no way I'm ever going back to that life. Gotcha. And then I think that Bobby, the real Bobby Dunbar either. That's a huge question mark up now. somewhere else or he's dead. Right. So we don't know what happened to the real Bobby Dunbar. Mm-hmm. Margaret Dunbar Cutright, the ancestor who looked into it, she thinks that the real Bobby Dunbar was most likely he fell into the water during the Swayze Lake fishing trip in Louisiana and was eaten by an alligator. Jesus. Wow. That's wild. This Charles Charles Anderson. Charles Bruce fucking Anderson. (laughs) If you guys need Halloween costume ideas... Be Charles Bruce Anderson, and you have to wear a name tag that says Bobby Dunbar. <laughs> <laughs> Be a very specific Halloween costume. And so I think this should be named The Lost Boys because it's insane. How often this happens in the 20s. And for kids, how easy it is to either not know an identity or That's change true. your identity because right. there's no paper trail, especially back then. Right. Yeah. It's insane to me. Yeah. That they don't know who these people are, especially with like... In modern stuff, like I expect everybody to, to, like I see on the news, to be identified at some point. Well, I mean, okay, so my wife works in a hospital, and it's a rare occurrence, but it is not unheard of for oh, a baby, baby to get swap. swapped, but also people to like maliciously swap ba- or take babies from that's, floors and stuff. Ugh, see, that's horrifying. Like people go into hospitals and try to steal babies. All the new parents out there, be like, scared. That's 
a hundred percent a thing that happens. Like, are you worried even about today. that? Huh? Are you worried about that? No, I'm not. Why? Because we're giving birth at the hospital she works at, and all of our coworkers, I trust them not to ah, <laughs> swap the baby. Not gonna get Bobby Dunbar. No, we're not gonna get BD or CBA'd. BD'd eaten by an A. Ooh. So then you get CBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. I'm. I'm not worried about that. Dude. But this is an episode that is close to your heart. Close to my heart in the <laughs> worst way. <laughs> so thank you, Scones, for that. Hey, I always uh I always bring the people what they want, and that's macabre stuff. And that's that real macabre. People ask for it. This podcast. Hey, if you're looking for macabre, <laughs> you came to the right place. I mean, what what did you expect? Yeah, what did you, you expect? On? You'll on your Spotify or your your Stitcher Premium. Whatever. Charles Bruce. <laughs> Charles Bruce Anderson. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, if you want to find more of our stuff, check us out anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at uh, Monday Morning Macabre. And also check out our website, www.mondaymorningmacabre.com, where we've got show notes, images, all the nice things. I put it together, and I like it. So go there. Yeah, and like and subscribe and tell your friends. And thank you for listening, and have a good Monday. Have a macabre Monday. Charles Bruce Anderson. Charles Bruce Anderson.